just by listening to the show, you're probably on a list too. Sorry. Hello and welcome to episode number 141 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. On today's show, we're going to be talking about freedom. We're going to be looking back at some things that happened in the past and how they relate to today, because I think there's always a reason why history isn't taught a lot of times i think it's not taught because they don't want you to know what happened in the past so you can't see it happening again and realizing it's a big train wreck and being able to stop it until it's too late and i know that seems a little nefarious but uh sometimes things just are a little bit nefarious including computers i lost some time yesterday when my computer wasn't acting properly which, I mean, it happens every now and then. It doesn't matter what operating system you're dealing with. Mine, uh, Windows 10. And every time I would right-click with in directory opus, which is a program I use for going through all the files on the computer, or just the file explorer that was built in, anytime I would right-click to do something, that would just crash. And I found what the problem was. But if you ever have this problem, where you right click and everything just grinds to a halt. I should have realized it the day before when I went to open up a private window in the Brave browser and right clicked and hit the open a new window. And it's like, well, it's not working. So I did it again. Oh, it's not working. And I'm like, I was trying to figure out what was going on. And then about five minutes later, a window opened. And I was like, wait, that seems a little weird. And I closed it and then another one opened. So there was something definitely wrong with the right-clicking ability of the machine, did a little bit of research and found the program I needed to figure out what this was is called Shell XView, S-H-E-L-L-E-X-V-I-E-U. You go in, you hide all of the Microsoft things running because usually that's not going to be where the problem is with this. Sort by type, looked at anything that was to do with the context menu, which is all those things. As you add programs into your system, when you right click more and more things show up like, oh, extract, you know, if you have a zip file program, whatever, WinZip or WinRAR or 7-Zip. And it uh, turned out that IOBit Unlocker was causing the issue. So bye-bye, IOBit Unlocker. This should teach everybody a very important lesson. The IOBit Unlocker is a decent program if you have something that just is locked and won't let you delete it, a file. This does a good job of freeing that up. But after I used it to do the unlocking, I should have uninstalled IOBit Unlocker. And I would have saved myself all of those hassles down the road because the more bits you add to your machine, the more programs you add to your machine the more likely it is that something's going to go wrong further on down the road. So, I mean, that was an annoyance, a very small little thing. 
can take a few hours to figure out exactly what's going on. But at least everything is back, hopefully, to running well. No more crashing, things working the way they should. But it's never fun when your computer doesn't work the way that you want it to. Now, this country isn't working the way we want it to. Well, it depends on what side you're on, I guess, although it doesn't seem like either side is ever 100% happy. But Joe Biden's administration, and I say the administration because I don't know if Joe knows where he is, what he's doing, his brain may be mush. I saw a clip the other day of Joe being asked about Putin because at one point, Joe was very adamant saying that Vladimir Putin was a killer. So now he's overseas. He was about to be meeting with said killer. And somebody in the press dared ask Joe the question that, hey, you know, you call this guy a killer. Do you do you still believe he's a killer? And Biden melted down. He just didn't know what to say. He stood there like a kid whose homework had been eaten by his dog, that he wasn't ready. He just stood there silent, hemming and hawing. And then he just gave an answer that made zero sense. But this is a uh, this is a problem when the president of the United States does not seem to have his mental capacity because then somebody else is running the show. Somebody else is the puppet master. Somebody else is putting the words into his mouth. If Joe is that far gone, he'll read whatever is on a teleprompter. We've already covered that the people around him, including his press secretary, Jen Psaki, say we don't like Joe answering questions from the press. And that's a dangerous thing. I mean, Donald Trump said a lot of really dumb things to the press, but he always talked to the press. You were able to see that even if he said some things that were wrong, he still had his uh, faculties. He could still go on coherently. I mean, not everybody's right all the time, not even me. But you have to be able to continuously be able to speak and interact. And I'm not seeing that now from Joe Biden. So what's going on in his administration is concerning, and it is a callback to the Obama administration. But in this case, this is from a story that I found on Breitbart. It is Biden administration wants Americans to report on their friends, family members, co-workers, you know, because white supremacy is a big problem. Domestic terror is a big problem. We've discounted this over the last couple of episodes when we talked about the Tulsa massacre from 100 years ago, when Joe Biden was repeating this lie that white supremacy is the biggest threat. We talked about the stats, which was something like over the last 10 years. 300 and something people in the United States were murdered by white supremacists throughout the whole United States, 300 and something people over the last decade. And then I went a little bit more local here in Chicago and said, well, over the last five and a half years here in Chicago, uh, like thousands of black people were killed. I think it was 5,000. 
in that time period. And that's just Chicago. So how Joe Biden thought that white supremacy is the biggest problem facing the nation, I'm still not sure. But they're doubling down on this. They're doubling down on this concept. Asking people to narc on their family and friends, co-workers, acquaintances, whatever. This happened multiple times under Barack Obama. You may remember if you were around 2009 when the Obamacare thing was going on. The White House put out a statement. They put out an email address. They put up a website all geared at having people report to them anybody that they knew that was saying things that they didn't like Obamacare. I will read a quote from the administration back in 2009 regarding this, which is, quote, there is a lot of disinformation about health insurance reform out there, spanning from control of personal finances to the end of life care. These rumors often travel just below the surface via chain emails or through casual conversation. Since we can't keep track of all of them here at the White House, we're asking you for your help. If you get an email or see something on the web about health insurance reform that seems fishy, send it to flag at whitehouse.gov. So uh, if your friends, if your neighbors were saying they didn't like Obamacare, you were supposed to send an email to the White House. And I don't know how much they thought they were going to get, how many people they thought were going to send much inform- uh, send information into them. But they also had a website, which was whitehouse.gov slash blog slash facts are stubborn things, which is uh, which is true. And it seems it doesn't matter what side you're on. You believe that the facts are on your side. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. But I remember when this happened because my wife and I, with a couple of friends, were just over in Ireland, and this was being covered there in a very strange way. It was uh, kind of hearkening back to Nazi Germany when we want you to tell us what your neighbors are saying. Your neighbors are saying something that the motherland doesn't like, and we want you to be the one to turn them into us. This is a very dangerous precedent to be setting. And when it happened in 2009 with Barack Obama and Obamacare, people balked. I don't know if they're going to balk today when the Biden administration is asking for a very similar thing. Because back under Obamacare, the question was pretty clear for the people that were worried about this. And that was, you know, well, what's the point of this exactly? If my uncle, my neighbor, my brother, my uh, guy that cuts my hair said, you know, they think this Obamacare is crap. Well, what are you going to do with this data? If I send you an email or go to your website and be like, oh, this person said this. What are you going to do with that information? What are you going to do with that data? You're going to send somebody to a gulag 
You're going to open up some re-education camps because, of course, you mean, Obama was great. They weren't going to do anything wrong. I mean, if you want to keep your doctor, you can keep your doctor. That turned out not to be true. But in 2011, the Obama administration also angry about all of the, quote, misinformation about what he was trying to do and over his record as president, launched a website that was called Attack Watch. And, you know, there's a lot of places in the world where having an Attack Watch website could be very beneficial. But the Obama administration wanted to know when people were saying things against Barack Obama's record, not, you know, life and death situations, not people actually being physically attacked, although that's happening in the streets now here in Chicago daily and across the United States, New York, Los Angeles, as crime runs rampant. But that wasn't the kind of attacks that the Obama administration were interested in. And uh, that didn't go over very well either with people. The attack watch website it was pretty much mocked for what it was. And when I was doing research for this episode, I saw mention of even other websites and things that the Obama administration put out that were similar to this. I don't remember those. but. This is a very dangerous thing when the highest levels of government are asking the citizens, oh, if you you hear something that doesn't seem right, let us know. And who gets to decide when it comes to fake news? Well, we all know the tech companies are the ones deciding that, but there's a little more on that in a second. When it comes down to, though, who is going to turn who in? What is going to be taken seriously? I'm all for if there is an actual threat of violence, meaning, you know, you're working with somebody and you hear them on the phone or they're trying to recruit you like, hey, we want to blow up a federal building. Well, then, yeah, you pick up the phone and you call the FBI and you're like, hey, this is what I heard. And I think they're serious. But what the Biden administration seems to be asking for, much like the Obama administration before them, isn't to just give actual threats. It's more along the lines of, hey, you got that crazy uncle that says some crazy political things? We want to know because we want to get into his mind. We want to be able to get into thought crime. We want to be able to cut all of this violence off before it happens, which is a great concept. But in reality, it doesn't work. It's the same concept as the left trying to abolish the police and abolish all prisons, which some on the left have actually asked for. Not just crazy lunatics on the left. Well, I mean, they are crazy lunatics on the left, but people that have actually been voted into office like Ilan Omar and AOC and the squad, they've called for, you know, we have to get rid of prisons because prisons are not fair. Well, then what are you going to do with these people that 
are allegedly planning white supremacist things. It's a very strange thing to watch. This concept of what the Biden administration is doing, a lot of this came from a quote from a senior administration official. And this was on a Breitbart article. I don't know why the official was not named. I do not like anything that comes from unnamed sources, but that seems to be all we have here. In regards to what is going on, though, this quote from the senior Biden administration official is We will work to improve public awareness of federal resources to address concerning or threatening behavior before violence occurs. Well, that's great again, but we have freedom of speech, I thought, in this country, and it's something that is being attacked all the way around. We have a story we'll hit before the end of this show about a North Korean woman who had some very interesting thoughts about what's going on here in the United States. But this concept that you can do something about violence before it occurs, well, what are you going to do? I mean, you can go and talk to somebody, but you can't really throw somebody in jail for what they say, can you? I think the Biden people want to. I think the people on the left want to. I think the freedom of speech being attacked is a very serious thing that people aren't paying enough attention to. And I don't know how. Except for the fact that it's put into a different kind of covering. You get, oh, no, it's anti-bullying. That's how I knew this was all going horribly wrong. The anti-bullying thing, you knew it was the first step. And day by day, I'm being proved more right as we watch what's going on. The anti-bullying thing was nothing except to take free speech and destroy it. And on June 1st, Joe Biden described the threat from what he called white supremacy as the most lethal threat. On the homeland today. And again, I don't get it. Joe keeps talking about this white supremacy being the major threat. We've debunked that over the last few episodes. Go back and listen to those if you haven't. I think there's some very important information there. But that's what Joe's pushing. That and along with climate change. And these two things put together climate change is all about separating you from your money, from your wealth. From anything you've accumulated. It's not actually about the temperature of the planet. I hate to break that to you, but it's not about that. And the white supremacy is not about an actual threat from white supremacist groups on the nation. It's about taking away your rights, taking away your freedom of speech, convincing people to turn in their friends and neighbors. If they say something they don't like, we've already watched what's gone on since the beginning of this pandemic, where people have been silenced for saying crazy things like maybe it was created in a lab. And that was getting people kicked off all sorts of social media until recently. And now John Stewart is on that train, repeating the fact that he thinks this is maybe possible. And the left is turning on him because, of course, 
What the left means when they want you to turn your friends and neighbors in isn't that they want you to turn somebody in that's going to be a radical person who might actually blow up buildings. You know, like Barack Obama's buddy Bill Ayers actually did. No, what they want to know is who is disagreeing with what they want. And again, the people that want this are the ones that actually blew up federal buildings and showed no remorse, said they wish they could have done more. But this is, again, Joe's mind is mush. And if there is somebody that's pulling the strings, it's Barack Obama. It's the folks that were involved in the Obama administration that are doing this. And we now have a different tech landscape than when Barack Obama started in office anyway. I mean, this rise of social media and being able to decide the winners and losers in real time of who can say what, what ideas are allowed, what ideas are silenced, that there is no question where the power is. The same Biden administration official said that it would work with large technology companies on, quote, increased information sharing in order to help combat radicalization, which I mean, yeah, I mean, it's one thing to get somebody's friends and neighbors to turn on them. But when you have the big tech companies who handle all of our communications, able to hand over all of this, everybody should be worried. That's why I did a whole episode on the open source project called Tox, T-O-X, that my wife and I have been using now for a few months rather than texting back and forth when she's at work because I don't want any of this information out there. I don't want any private conversations being logged, and neither should you because things can be taken out of context very easily. Jokes are not very easily understood when they come through things like text messaging. And the Biden administration here is admitting they've got big tech on board. Another quote from the same official, any particular tech company often knows its own platform very well, but the government sees things. That doesn't seem uh, a little uh, scary at all, does it? That doesn't seem Orwellian. That doesn't seem like it should have you hiding under your bed when a top Biden official says the government sees things. Continuing, quote, actually, threats of violence across platforms. They see the relationship between online recruitment, radicalization and violence in the physical world. Wait. Are you guys looking at Antifa by any chance? I mean, there's probably a whole lot of information about Antifa over there. But Joe Biden tells us Antifa doesn't even exist. It's just an idea. It's white supremacy. That's the problem. Except I constantly see videos of, you know, Antifa, actual people, Antifa, who have taken over complete city blocks who are out in the streets committing violence with their faces covered almost all the time. But I 
don't see the same. Where are all the videos of the white supremacists? Am I missing something? If there's a channel where all of the videos of the white supremacists marching through the streets of America, and I'm just missing that man, somebody let me know. Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N at randomthoughts.com. The article on this on Breitbart said the Department of Homeland Security also plans to deploy, quote, digital literacy and, quote, digital fitness programs to help combat, oh, you guessed it, quote, malicious content online that bad actors deliberately try to disseminate. Well, the interesting thing is, I mean, anything that anything anybody on CNN has pretty much said would fall into that for me, I believe. Same thing, MSNBC, but no, that's not who they're going after here. They're going after the enemies of Joe Biden, the people that might dare try to tell you that Joe's brain is mush and he doesn't know what's going on anymore. This seems to be targeting people that just politically disagree with the left and not, as they claim, going after violent extremists. Because, again, where are the stories? I mean, the mainstream media is absolutely corrupt, and even they aren't overrun with stories of white supremacists committing violence in the United States. So why is that? I don't quite get it. You're being fed a narrative that's not true. And the Biden administration appears to be the Obama administration 2.0. And they're trying to do, well, they're trying to implement the same damn things that didn't work for them the first time around, which was, oh, let's put a program into place where people can spy on their neighbors where people can turn their neighbors or family in. And uh, it seems to be happening all over again. I mean, let's point to Goebbels from Nazi Germany and what they tried to do. Well, what they accomplished, I guess. There were a lot of people in Germany who wouldn't be speaking outright against the government because they knew what could happen. And the same thing is true now in places like North Korea. And we do have a story. I know this is going to run a little longer than some episodes of Random Thoughts. I hope you don't mind. But a story of a woman who was brave. Her and her family were able to escape North Korea. She got to the United States went to college at Columbia University and what she found terrified her. And I think rightfully so. This comes from a New York Post article. It starts, a North Korean defector said she viewed the U.S. as a country of free thought and free speech until she went to college here. Yeonmi Park attended Columbia University and was immediately struck by what she viewed anti-Western sentiment in the classroom and a focus on political correctness that had her thinking, quote, even North Korea isn't this nuts. I mean, I think that's setting the tone for everything you need to know about this story. But it's a young woman 
27 years old, who escaped North Korea, got to the United States, thought this is great freedom. Yeah, yeah. Enrolls in Columbia University and immediately is going, wow, Columbia, even North Korea isn't this nuts. I mean, I can't even let that sink in. It's absolutely amazing. It is terrifying. She says, quote, I expected that I was paying this fortune all this time and energy to learn how to think. But they're forcing you to think the way they want you to think. I realized, wow, this is insane. I thought America was different, but I saw so many similarities to what I saw in North Korea that I started worrying. She says she couldn't believe that she would be asked to do this much censoring of myself at a university in the United States. She says, quote, I literally crossed the Gobi Desert to be free, and I realized I'm not free. America's not free. The article states that she fled North Korea at age 13 in 2007. It was a voyage that took her and her family through China and South Korea before she went to school in New York in 2016. She talks about trigger warnings. She talks about starting classes where the professors were asking people what their pronouns were, because, I mean, we know your pronoun is the most important thing. She said that since English is her third language, that she screws this kind of stuff up and is very concerned when doing so, because, I mean, it's very serious when you call somebody by the wrong pronoun. Now, she said she was chided for things such as enjoying the writings of Jane Austen. A quote, she says, I said, I love those books. I thought it was a good thing. Then this person told her, did you know those writers had a colonial mindset? They were racist and bigots and are subconsciously brainwashing you. It's like, well, at least this girl knew better that who's really trying to brainwash you are the people at Columbia University and in colleges across this nation and beyond, the people on the left who want to force you to think the same way they do. Otherwise, they will attack you. Hell, they'll set up a whole government agency to do nothing but take those complaints, to take those secrets, to take that information and do whatever with. Do you trust Joe Biden? Do you trust the people around him? I don't. She said, I thought North Koreans were the only people who hated Americans, but it turns out there are a lot of people hating this country in this country. She is not wrong. She is not wrong at all. And it's a very dangerous thing. As she points out, quote, voluntarily, these people are censoring each other, silencing each other. No force behind it. Other times in history, there's a military coup d'etat, like a force comes in, taking your rights away and silencing you. But this country is choosing to be silenced, choosing to give their rights away. Ms. Park, you are absolutely right. And obviously at 27 years of age, way 
more intelligent, much more wise than the average person who has been in this country their whole life. Here you have somebody that was actually born in North Korea, a country completely run by the government where freedom is not a thing. She also had a quote uh, here. North Korea was pretty insane. Like the first thing my mom taught me was don't even whisper. The birds and mice could hear me. She told me the most dangerous thing that I had in my body was my tongue. So I knew how dangerous it was to say the wrong things in a country. Well, yeah. And now here we are again. The Biden administration asking people to turn people in if they say things that they don't like, if they say things against the almighty Joe, against the left, against the attack on our freedoms, against these big tech corporations who are censoring people and making them disappear from from their platforms. Ms. Park says, quote, this is completely nuts this is unbelievable i don't know why people are collectively going crazy like this or together at the same time she talked about the situation in north korea and said that's one thing because people don't have access to the internet i mean they don't have big tech they don't have to worry about twitter silencing them i mean the government will actually kill them but that's a whole different thing she talked about how in north korea the government everything was to brainwash the citizens to get them to think what they want. And the article ends with, quote, in some ways, they in the U.S. are brainwashed, even though there's evidence so clearly in front of their eyes, they can't see it. And we keep hoping that people do finally see it, that they do wake up and understand that what they see on the internet is not reality. What they hear on the internet is not reality. What they read on the internet is not reality. Too many people have embraced the internet as the new reality and don't understand that any of the voices you hear, including my own, could be wrong. And you have to have critical thinking that there may be people out there who are intentionally trying to deceive you, who are intentionally feeding you misinformation. And they may be the same people who are asking you to report misinformation or what they call misinformation to them. Critical thinking skills have never been more important than they are today. Understanding a source has never been more important than it is today. Please do not get your news from headlines. Do not get your news from social media. Try to get a deeper understanding of the world around you. Read multiple sources and try to ask yourself what makes the most sense. Because a lot of times the answers are in there and the misinformation or the bias is clear. You just have to look for it. And I believe a lot of people listening to this program do look for that. But it's a good time to remind your family and friends and your acquaintances that maybe they should be looking for that too before somebody ends up turning them in to the Biden administration, who, again, I don't know what they're going to be doing with that data. 
I'm sure I'm on a list or two, but uh, yeah, the gulags. I mean, as long as they have good food in the gulags or re-education camps, I mean, that could be fun for a little vacation. You know, I only wish I was kidding, but I do want to thank you for listening to the show because just by listening to the show, you're probably on a list too. Sorry, but I appreciate everybody for giving me their time to listen to the show. We do work on the value for value model, which means we put the shows out there. There's no paywall. You don't have to pay anything. We just say if you get anything out of the show, if you find some value in what we bring to you, you have ways to give some value back to us. And we have some people to thank for today, including an anonymous $25 donation with the note saying always enjoyable. Keep up the good work. We appreciate that. Our buddy Keith Von Dyke comes in with his monthly $10 all the way from over in the Netherlands. And we appreciate that, Keith. Thank you. And our buddy, Sir Truck Driver of No Agenda Social Fame comes in with $5 thanking me for the awesome shows, which he likes to split the donations between this show, Grumpy Old Ben's, the other podcast I do with Ryan Bemrose, and the No Agenda Rock and Roll pre-show, which happens live before every No Agenda on Thursday and Sunday before they do their show live over at the No Agenda Stream, noagendastream.com. If you want to take part and help us keep the lights on, the microphone sounding good, and all the audio gear humming, go over to randomthoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com slash donate, where you can click the donate button to do a one-time or monthly donation through PayPal, where you can use one of the QR codes or wallet addresses to do a crypto donation, or you can use the PO box to send in a check or whatever you want through the snail mail. It's all very much appreciated. And again, thanks everybody for supporting the little show we've got going here, the Random Thoughts Podcast. We're still having fun doing them. I hope uh, you're at least enjoying some of the content that we're bringing you here. With that said, we'll be back next Wednesday to do a whole nother show on some whole different topic. And we hope you can join us then. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. 